0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Gosh, this show would not be possible without the support of our sponsors. So take some time and give them a little love and a listen today as you go through our show. Today's sponsor, HydroJug, is one of my favorite new additions into my life. You've seen it all over the gram in my Instagram stories. It is crazy cute and colorful, but most importantly, it's helping me stay hydrated. Especially now as a breastfeeding mom, I need to have water in me at all times. So I carry this thing around with me all day long. It's on my bedside table at nighttime as well. I'm obsessed with it, so much so that my friends have also nabbed them as well. But let me talk to you a little bit about HydroJug. So first, before we get into how cute it is, let's talk about water being crucial to our health. It's our energy, it's our skincare, and it's our overall wellness. But how much we actually need to unlock these benefits is typically a full gallon a day. This is why HydroJug is so great, because it's a durable and reusable jug that holds more than half a gallon, so you don't have to keep filling up that tiny bottle every hour. Aside from the convenience and the function, it is so adorable. My light purple one that I carry around and I have a blush pink one as well. So cute. They go with almost every outfit I have, which is a side note. On top of that, their neoprene accessory sleeves slip right over the bottle to keep your water cold and come in a variety of awesome patterns and colors to mix and match with your bottle. Each sleeve has a matching shoulder strap and two pockets to hold things like phones, keys, chapstick, or anything else. You can check out HydroJug at thehydrojug.com and use my code PAPAYA to get 10% off your order today. HydroJugs are game changers for anyone on the go, and again, use that code PAPAYA. It's the hydro You're going to get 10% off today. Use that code and start hydrating in style. Now, let's get back to the show. Hi, friends, and welcome to the papaya podcast. I'm your hostess, Tranhermostus, Sarah Nicole. And each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. I am so excited to bring Danielle Catton to the show today. She has been a friend of mine on social media for a couple of years now, and she really just challenges thinking. She's challenged my thinking at least, and has really shown up for herself and for so many other people on social media. Her handle is Danielle is anxious, and she's here today to kind of discuss some of the things that have gone on in the last couple of years on social media, how she hopes to show up and why it's worth it that 85% of the time. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm actually, this has been a conversation that I've been dying to have with you because the last year you have really, I think, expanded as a creator. You've challenged social media in really beautiful ways, but I'm also just really excited to talk about soda, which is a huge part of our friendship is our shared love and appreciation for a McDonald's soda. But first of all, before we go like too deep in, kind of give us a little bit of the goods of who you are and what you kind of show up for on Insta.
1: Oh gosh. Um, who am I, you know, every time people ask me this question, I feel like I give the most ridiculous answer. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay, I'm going to just go Go. rapid fire. Okay. (laughs) So my name is Danielle. (laughs) I am a dog mom to my dog, Aussie doodle Winston. (laughs) The triple name. I have to, I have to say that. I just, yeah. I am a wife to Bill and you know, I work at a hospital foundation doing communications. That's kind of my day job. And then, you know, when I'm not working, I'm showing up on Instagram. And, you know, why do I was the question, why do I show up on Instagram?
0: Just like what? What do you show up? What do you do? Like what is your no, don't say you have a niche because I don't believe in niches anymore. But what is like kind of if somebody's gonna come and scroll you, what might they come across?
1: Yeah, people will come across a lot of pictures of me just rocking bikinis and bras. And, you know, that's something that up until two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I was terrified of doing. I think a lot of us are afraid to do that. This world that we live in is just not super open to, you know, people of all sizes being in bikinis, which were, you know, for me growing up, was get your bikini body, get your summer body. Um, And, you know, so I kind of challenged that, I guess you could say, um, challenge the idea that you need to look a certain way to be able to wear certain clothes, to be able to wear bikinis, bathing suits, um, and all around just advocate for people who are living in larger bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and just showing that just because you are in a larger body doesn't mean that you can't live life to the fullest, you know, up to a certain extent, obviously, because there's a lot of systematic, you know, exclusions of people in larger bodies, but, you know, just really inspiring, hopefully inspiring people to show up unapologetically, um, you know, to be themselves and just, you know, rock that swimsuit, I guess you could say.
0: I love that. And I also love that in this last year, you've also challenged, you know, this co-narrative that has happened where it's people struggling with body acceptance and then people striving for worldly acceptance, or even just feeling like they can do certain things. And you started this like mini movement of recreating viral images of thin bodies on your own. Now, here's what I'm going to just say before we get into this, because I feel like everyone, I don't know why we're so entertained by like women attacking women. And somehow it always like people want it to be such a negative thing. And yet you come out with like respect and like I don't even know what the other words are that I'm trying to go for here, but like you always are like, thank you for this inspiration. I loved this image on this person. I'm going to recreate it in a larger body. And there's this, like, I see you and I see me and I I don't see me. And so I want to be that person to show up. And your following is vastly like uh, thin bodies to large bodies and just creating this space for both. Now I can only imagine, and you can kind of go off of this what inspired you to take that step to start recreating some of these viral images of people who have really kind of, you know, there, there's so much to kind of go for when we talk about a lot of this like self-love community and how it is so large, but it is also um, very different. It is very different. And there's a lot of like acknowledgements in those differences how has it been that you came to the place where you're like, I just want to do this. I want to recreate this images. And did you, were you afraid of being pinned as somebody who was almost not mocking? That's not the word, but like challenging or critiquing somebody, the the original images. So yeah, that's a two-part question. I'm just going to let you go.
1: Yeah, no worries. So it's a really funny story. So how it kind of started was I was seeing a lot of viral images happening. Um, last summer is when it started mm-hmm. of people who lived in thin bodies and i thought you know this is an amazing message this is beautiful this is awesome but for me personally i just couldn't see myself in that image because it's just i've never looked like that mm-hmm. um and that's just not what i look like and so i had this idea and i actually ran it by my friend carissa i was like hey do you think this is a bad idea because the, my first instinct was i don't want people to think that i am trying to attack people yeah trying to bring people down So I, you know, I asked a friend and she was like, no, you have to do this. So I did. I don't reach out to the creators before I do it. I just kind of do it knowing that, you know, I try to keep it respectful. But I do think that a lot of times or not a lot of times, a few times, Mm -hmm. there are some images that I think I don't want to say harmful, um, but they that just might have some negative connotations to them geared towards people who are living in larger bodies. Mm. So what I do is I take those images and, you know, I. I do my best not to try and make it as an attack against the original creator, yes. but to use it as a um, an opportunity to educate and say, mm-hmm. okay, so this is a great concept. This is a great idea, but here's actually, I'm going to present it as somebody in a larger body. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, I would say 98% of the time, maybe even 99% of the time, people are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. And then there's that 1% of the time where, you know, they just didn't get it and that's yeah. totally okay. That's yeah. their prerogative, but I just know that I'm putting out there, you know, images and content that I believe in and that I think is doing a service to people. You know, if I see something and I think by me recreating this, if this isn't going to benefit anybody, if it's just going to come off as negative, you know, I usually don't do it. That's why I really, I'm, I'm really picky with the images that I do um, yeah. create. And even more so after the first time that I did have a creator who was a little upset with me, I kind of went on a tangent Did I get the question? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, no, you're doing great. I thought you're, I thought you were going to tell me your tangent. I was like, let's go. I didn't realize you were saying you had one. <laughs> oh no. That's that usually would happen. I get
1: on, like I get on these kicks and then I'm like, Oh God, the same what was way. I talking about? don't
0: ever. And nobody is <laughs> never allowed to ask me get to give an elevator pitch of anything. Cause I was like, you will get down the street yeah. and around the corner. And yeah. then we'll <laughs> maybe <laughs> take the elevator as like a summary at the very end. So I, yes. I appreciate that. I'm the same way.
1: Amazing, but yeah, so it happened, and then it, it's kind of you know I'm continuing it. It actually morphed into doing videos last. Mm, yeah, okay, last fall, the
0: and t- the rise of the TikTok and the green screen.
1: Right, that's right. And you know, uh, some of those videos I stand by, and I think you know they're funny. I think that they are important commentary on, you know, how to look thinner in photos, like that kind of stuff. Um, But there were a few that I did that I look back on and I'm like, you know what, maybe that wasn't, that's not who I want to project and be Mm. as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's been such a great learning opportunity from all of this is, you know, learning, you know, it's really hard. Okay. Let me just say this. It's really hard as somebody in a larger body to look at, you know, the privileges that people in smaller bodies have and be Mm -hmm. mad about it. Mm -hmm. I get that. And I know a lot of people can be, but for me, and I was holding a lot of that anger for a while, but, you know, this has actually been an amazing process for me to really look inward and see that a lot of that was coming from inside Mm -hmm. and learning to take accountability for, you know the stuff that I was projecting negatively. And, you know, I was just in a bad space when I made some of those videos and, you know, I made, I put an apology on my Instagram. It was actually my mom. I got like, God love her, but she messaged me. She's like, you know, this just, they don't seem like they're really you. Like, are you okay? And at first I was like offended. I'm like, how dare you? (sighs) But then I had like this internal, like, you know, conversation with myself and realized Mm -hmm. You know this isn't where I want to be we can I can advocate and I can you know bring awareness and representation to people in larger bodies Um, but I can I think I can do it positively or in a more positive fashion anyways.
0: So grateful for today's sponsor Vega, because they are actually such a great way of adding protein and nutrition daily into your routines. However, you might need it with their number one plant-based protein powder brand, whether it's your daily nutrition, your immune support, or for sport, Vega is made vegan certified, non-GMO project verified, gluten-free and free of artificial flavors and preservatives. Whether you're looking to upgrade your daily smoothie or snack, Perhaps you're looking to add more vitamins into your diet with the proteins and greens or looking to dial in your nutrition at every stage of your training. Vega Sport is also NSF certified for sport protein powders and supplements. I'm going to share some links with you to check them out. If you want to check out myvega.ca slash nutrition, or for our American listeners, myvega.com slash nutrition. Same if you want to check out for immune support, myvega.ca slash immunity or myvega.com slash immunity. And finally, for sportline, myvega.ca slash sport or myvega.com slash sport. I hope there's something that helps you within your lifestyle today with Vega that provides convenience without compromise. Now let's get back to the show.
2: We learned a lot in 2020 and maybe one of the biggest lessons was just how much gender still affects our lives and opportunities. The Waves, your favorite slate show about gender and feminism, has returned from hiatus with a new format. Every week, two different hosts will chat about a topic they just can't stop thinking about. And unpack what gender has to do with it. We'll talk about everything pop culture, politics, sports, family issues, and try to look at it from as many directions as possible. We're excited to bring on a bunch of smart slate women to think all that through with you. We'll be talking about things like how ageism on Capitol Hill affects female politicians differently than it affects men why we can't look away from influencer culture even though we know it's all fake, and what's changed since Donald Trump left office. The Waves, coming to you every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yeah, and let's be real. You did one of me and I'll tell you what my reaction was. I first saw it. Now I get anxious when I open anything. So I'm always like, Oh, what was I tagged in? No, but I saw it and I was like, yes, this is so great because I find very, a lot of times. And I think this is what I'm hoping for, for a lot of people who maybe share images that are in a, in a thinner privileged body to kind of recognize the work you're doing in such a positive way. Because I felt like I don't have a choice but to show up in who I am. I don't have a choice but to represent somebody who is now four times postpartum, who, you know, has gone from two different ends of a spectrum and now kind of lives in this middle. But I still do have these privileges, but I I can't just like suddenly, I, I can't close myself off to who I am. And I also can't be somebody I'm not. So when you shared the image, so you did my stretch mark one, the one that had gone. So you did the stretch mark one, and I was like, Thank you for this because I felt like I could take what was my story and be like, and look, here's somebody else in a different body with the same type of stretch marks with no kids. And look how they're both except it just gives like fuel to be like, Hey, and guess what? This is what it is on somebody else. Cause we can only ever be ourselves, but also like honoring that. And I'll tell you which one is my favorite of the ones you've ever done, because I think it triggered the most internal conversation for myself because I could see the vast difference in what the reactions of the public would be with both images. And the one was somebody in a, a thinner body who has cellulite and was eating a piece of pizza. And it was a very cute photo, very praised photo. And then there was you sitting and eating a piece of pizza. I just knew the reactions had they been isolated in how they were posted would be two different reactions. I'm watching this happen right now. Like we see it all the time. If a girl, if a thin girl is eating a hamburger or hamburger, people are hamburger. (laughs) Why is that not a thing? But it's true. Like we really do make assumptions about people. We're so okay with anybody in a thin body having that McDonald's drive through or enjoying that big meal. But the second we see it with a larger body, it comes with like this really negative assumption. It comes with a lot of like, it goes from being like fun and cheeky to like negative and unhealthy just based on the body type that's actually eating it. And I remember that photo, that comparison so well, because it was like, you did it in such a fun and cheeky way too. And I was really like, damn, yes, this is like, you're not even saying anything and you're saying everything. And I think that we all know that because it's like the internal fat phobia that exists within so many of us just comes out. You can, you can feel it in the reactions that you have. Right. And so I felt in the last year, every single time I see you redo these images, it is so inspiring and it forces you to look at your own internalized fat phobia because it's there like this whole, this is what I look like with my with my underwear low on my hips versus this is what I look like with my underwear high on my hips. That doesn't necessarily change for somebody who exists in a larger body. You still have a larger body where, you know, for a lot of girls who are experiencing social media, they oftentimes need those images to be like, oh, it's not just me. I, you know, it's okay that I look a little bloated. It's okay. They're like at the very surface of the onion. And I've been there. I've been there like, I actually found more anxiety and self-hate around my body at a thinner size than I did at a larger size, but at a larger size, right. Cause you've also gone through a weight loss experience. And I, I found at a larger size issue was much more outward it's much more like the people and it's much more the acceptance. It's not about yourself and how you feel anymore. It's like how everybody else does. And getting thin was like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I'm being praised. I'm obviously doing better. Now people will love me. How was that experience for you? I'm going to segue this into your weight loss experience and kind of your journey through that. How long has it been now? And how, what kind of positive, negative things that you learn from it? Because I don't feel like weight loss is always inherently negative, but I do think that we learn a lot through it. So I'd love to kind of hear maybe what some of your lessons were from a very targeted, intentional weight loss.
1: Well, you know, growing up, I was always, you know, the chubby, I guess you could say chubby kid. And when I got to about the first time I ever realized that I needed to, that I wanted to lose weight or felt like I needed to lose weight was when I was in I don't know, maybe grade seven, I think. Yeah, and we were camp. It was I was camping with my mom and my aunt and my family, and I remember my aunt and my mom were eating salads, and you know we the rest of us were eating I don't know hamburgers or hot dogs or something. And I thought I said I remember saying to my mom that day, I think I'm going to have a salad too. You know, I, I think I should probably have a salad. I think I want to lose weight. And so I remember eating that salad on this blue plate, and I remember just wanting to cry. And thinking, Mm. is this it? You know, everybody's enjoying this hamburger and here I am eating this salad. And that was the first time that I can, you know, remember feeling like I needed to adhere to a certain lifestyle or, you know, doing certain things in order to make myself more palatable for people. Mm. Um, When I really lost weight was I was in grade 11. It was uh, second semester of grade 11. And I decided, okay, I'm going to lose weight. And I started a diet, um, and for me, it was you know I hadn't had a boyfriend up until that point, and my idea was I'm never going to have a boyfriend if I'm in a larger body, mm-hmm. and that was literally my motivation for losing weight. That was it. And you know, you know, I said to my mom, "Oh, I just want to, you know, I want to do this," and you know, I know my mom was just trying to help me. I know she was just doing what, you know, she grew up on. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. all she knew. Yeah, and and so you know, I lost weight, and then. Boys started coming. And, you know, before then, you know, I kept going and kept going. And, you know, at my smallest, like legit, I was like maybe a size 12, Mm -hmm. 10, 12. Yeah. And it was like through that experience, regular, I don't like to say regular, but eating was just, I didn't know how to eat anymore. Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. me, you know, for years after, it was constantly Monday to Friday diet, Saturday, Sunday binge, essentially restarted. And it was this cycle. And up until about two years ago is when I really said, you know, after discovering people like you and, you know, other people on Instagram, I was like, dang, this doesn't have to be a thing. Like, I just thought dieting was normal. Like, I just thought that's what everybody did. And, yeah. you know, I just remember so many times like crying, not only when I couldn't eat things, but when I would binge and sit in shame. Mm. Um, you know, I could I could honestly go on forever about, you know, how it affected me, but, you know, lessons that I've learned from it, because I know that that's something we wanted, that you wanted to talk about was the life doesn't have to be like that, mm. you know, for me. And I think it's one thing to want to nourish your body in a way, you know, where you're eating more, nutrient dense foods. Um, you know, you're moving because it makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, that is totally amazing. And I think that's awesome. And that's something I strive to do all the time. But for me, it was just this vast black and white, either I was fully on or fully off Mm. and there was no middle ground for me. So my biggest lesson since, you know, stopping dieting altogether has, I've been able to find kind of this little middle ground, this little gray area that exists Mm. where, you know, some days, yeah, I fall back into the habit where you know I might binge or I might something yeah. might happen. But for the most part, I'm I'm laying in this line and I'm learning. You know, so like me and you, mm-hmm. as an example, we're two different people, and like what might work for me, you know, in terms of eating in a day, probably won't work for you.
0: It would probably or kill now, me. I've <laughs> got a lot of allergies. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and hopefully, I'm, I'm driving this home the right way. But you know what works for one body, um, isn't going to work for the other. And we can yes. all eat the same thing and still look differently. Yes. And, you know, and I'm still, I'm just, what I've learned is that I think there are things that I can do better. You know, I can move more. I could probably like, I love McDonald's because that was like a major no, no for me
0: uh. when I was
1: dieting for, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. So, you know, I still have a hard time, not choosing that. But I'm trying to just allow myself to have that grace and say, you know what? You want 15 years without letting yourself eat this. If you want some nuggets, you can get some nuggets. So it's okay. Yeah. And I just try to allow myself that grace. And again, went off on a tangent. I I completely lost my train of thought.
0: No, we are very similar. And I, this makes me feel so seen. If you actually go into like the reviews of my podcast, that's like the one thing that people say, and I'm going to call myself out on this. Everyone's like you over talk. And I was like, this is, this is a life problem. This is a character problem. It's not necessarily a podcast problem. It definitely just has pooled into this. I'm learning this though. Active listening is not something that I think all of us have ingrained in us. And I feel like my brain runs like so quickly. Like as you're talking, I'm intentionally like, okay, I need to slow down my thoughts because I just going, 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 going. But let me ask you this. What now when it comes to, you know, moving your body or eating something like, let's say a salad that you genuinely love or enjoying, or a meal that might be seen or perceived as a quote-unquote healthier choice, do you feel open to sharing those foods? Or do you feel now you're somewhat policed as in it looks like intentional weight loss because you're doing those things? And then if you're not showing those foods, then it looks like you're not living a healthy, do you deal with that? Because this is one thing that I've really, I've almost stopped sharing eating food because I feel like every time I do, it's an assumption that I'm intentionally trying to lose weight or that I have a problem. Like I just was recently shamed for eating what they call junk food during my pregnancy. I ate what I could not vomit. And that was my reality. That was like, quote. And the thing is during my pregnancy, much like you with the restricting of, you know, McDonald's for so long, mine was mashed potatoes. I, I had come to a place where I was like, mashed potatoes are nothing. They're meaningless. They don't add anything. So I I'm, I'm not dieting, but I'm just not going to eat potatoes as a side because why would I do that? I'll have my greens. I'll have my proteins, but like potatoes don't have a place for me anymore. I'll skip that. That's my, that's me living in balance. So when I was pregnant and I got really, really sick. Potatoes were like the only thing that I could actually keep down and I didn't have a food aversion to. And so I had instant mashed potatoes because that was even easier for me to have to prepare. And the fact that somebody decided to shame me for like what I look like postpartum or the fact like, and like, I don't want to talk numbers, but I honestly didn't even gain much weight during the pregnancy. I had to look at those numbers because of like, you know, medical reasons. And I didn't. So I was like, so you're just hating on my body and making assumptions about it and thinking that I've gained all this weight or that I've been eating junk food. When I literally went through the hardest mental health year of my life, I went through like an insane battle with like overcoming that food fear of just like, this is a bad food. And yet this is the only way I can get calories into my body to help my baby and me thrive through this season. And so ever since, not since that comment, but ever since this last little while coming out of, you know, being pregnant where everyone kind of Besides that comment doesn't really care about what you eat. it's kind of like cute and funny if you're having like ice cream at bedtime. If I were to do that now, I don't feel the same way and I and I don't know what that is, but I feel very I don't want to use the word triggered. I feel very uncomfortable when people show me what they eat in a day and I feel very uncomfortable when it becomes like if I or the fact that I don't show eating something that would be you know McDonald's french fries, but I will show what I'm having. Fiddleheads last night at dinner. There's like this weird thing that keeps happening where I'm like, I thought I was past a lot of this. And I feel like you're just a safe person to talk about this with because it's like the food post weight loss relationship is so complicated. Sometimes the lineup for coffee wraps around the building, sometimes gas goes up 10 cents, sometimes life stinks. The good news is you don't have to because Native has your back. Native cares about the products you put on your body. They're about stopping the stink the right way. And that's the Native difference. You probably already know about Native's legendary aluminum-free deodorant, but if you haven't tried, they also have body wash, toothpaste, or their brand new mineral-based sunscreen. Yes, they have an SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, absorbs quickly, and you can choose from unscented or coconut and pineapple. Native's on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care in self-care with products carefully made to work against odor that are made with simple ingredients that smell great. Their deodorant, which I love, and their body wash in amazing scents like coconut and vanilla, citrus and herbal musk, lavender and rose, and more. You can even build your own personalized product bundles, mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation. So you have something for every occasion, stay fresh, stay clean with native by going to native do.com slash papaya. Use the promo code papaya at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's native slash papaya. And you're going to use promo code papaya at checkout for 20% off your first order. Check them out. And that coconut and vanilla is like nothing else. Enjoy the rest of the show. like, I don't even remember what I was going to ask. Oh yeah. How do you feel? Like, do you kind of guard yourself from sharing what you eat anymore? Or is it something like, are you still comfortable with that? There's people like Alicia McCarvel who shows her fitness and they are like, you're just trying to lose weight. Like you're clearly not working out enough. You're just lying. And then she'll share eating a sandwich. And they're like, that's 2000 calories that you're eating. Like, what do you even? And she's like, actually it was this many calories, but okay. And like, why is this even a conversation? So she can't win no matter what, because Mm she's She's in a fat body. This is what's so complex about it. So, how is your relationship with food in the online experience?
1: Yeah, it's it's a complicated one. I remember, like last summer, I think I did a a chicken nugget challenge where I went and bought chicken nuggets from different restaurants with my yeah. sister. Oh my gosh, this and sounds so fun! Maybe it was two years ago. I think it was okay. two years ago. So anyways, it was before COVID. Yeah. So it was two years ago. And we tried like Wendy's, McDonald's, all these different ones and like ranked them. It was so much fun. 98% of people were like, this is so much fun. Like so great. But there's this little limited amount or this little grouping of people that I feel like they're just there to kind of jump on you whenever Mm. you have a slight misstep or you know, they see the opportunity. And I remember I got a message from this one person who not only was attacked, you know, just attacked, you know, my body, but they were attacking me as a person. And every time I post that I'm eating something, like I had pizza the one time, people, you know, were messaged me and said, why are you eating that? You shouldn't be eating that. And so I do feel a lot of policing around what I eat. So I actually don't share it a lot anymore. I was doing in, like lives with people where I would eat a meal and we would just talk. Yeah. And have I a share that, a meal together. That, that's right. share yeah. meal together. And, you know, luckily those went over really, really well, but I've even since then, I've just had a hard time sharing what I eat because I do think there is like this subconscious fear of being judged for it, Yeah. but you're right. It's absolutely, if you're eating McDonald's, you are, you know, a bad girl and you shouldn't be doing that. That's not good for you. But if you are eating a salad, then it's the question is, what are you trying to lose weight? And it's just like, why can't it be both? Like, I feel like this world has such a hard time finding that middle ground that I had to find when I was coming out of dieting. It's like, you can just be. And I think that's because we're also conditioned to, to that there are certain foods that are good. And there are certain foods that are bad. And that if you're eating good foods, then it must mean that you're trying to lose weight. It's like this, assumption that we're always trying to change ourselves.
0: Yeah. And I think that
1: that's what we're born and bred to do. I think it's all that a lot of us know. Um, but I also think that now, you know, with accounts like yours and people, you know, we're, we're challenging this notion and people do not want to let go of it because it's all that they've known. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not defending people who are attacking you. I think I try to hold space for people like that, you know, You know, maybe some, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe this, but actually, you taught me a good lesson: bless them and block them.
0: Bless them and block them.
1: It literally is just, you know, it comes down to that. Again, going on a tangent, but yeah. So to answer the question, I don't really share a lot of what I eat anymore because, yeah, I'm afraid of getting of getting judgment one way or the other. And I'm trying to get to a better space where I just do what feels right for me, and then you know, let people if they want to come in and say their piece, that's fine. Um, Because I think we can sit here and talk till we're blue in the face about Mm -hmm. why people do what they do, you know, and as us, I I, I'm sure that we're similar in that. I can't understand why people do that because Mm -hmm. I would never do that to somebody Mm -hmm. else, but I just try to hold space and, you know, just don't do certain things.
0: I know that's awful. It's hard because as much as those comments don't, they shouldn't rule us. And in a way they don't like a big part for me is like, okay, that's their opinion. It almost reminds me of what my, I always say, it reminds me of my why. Now I know that I'm like, you know, when I see comments like that, because I think social media is oftentimes a bubble of, people who agree with us. It's like, you've opened your door and you've got your home full of people. You've gotten to know each other and you have this space that you share. And then when you share on something like TikTok, it's no, it's like having all your doors and windows open and the whole neighborhood gets to come over and see and critique. And they talk about the art on your walls and what kind of rug you have. And like, Oh my gosh, you have plastic cutlery. Like where is the environmentalism here? Like there's so much that comes in and it just feels like you're being picked apart a little bit. And it's like, wait a second. I forgot. There are people that are on a different, um, like on a different journey. Like don't, don't live in the bubble in which I have, don't know this home when the doors are closed. So they're just coming in and giving a quick opinion. And TikTok really brought a lot of that. And a lot of the negativity I receive now is often from people who don't follow me, who slid into my DMS or people on TikTok that happen to see one thing and, you know, say a bunch of stuff Or when your photo is shared on somebody else's page and they just open, they just open fire at you in the comments. And I've really just, you know, you sit with those and even if it doesn't make you change as a person, it does do do two things for me. It reminds me of my why and it makes me pause on, on posting things because then I have to realize that I must have capacity to deal with when those comments come in. And it's, it's not that I'm listening. It's not that I'm trying to get quieter because of these things, but I, I do feel like I'm getting more sensitive and maybe that's my anxiety rising. I, I, I have felt that lately. My anxiety is definitely on the rise, which I have to deal with again, but there is this, like, you know, if you post a certain thing, Unless it's like a baby picture or a dog picture or a nothing picture, you have to mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for attack. And that is, it doesn't matter how far along the journey you are or how strong you are in your own self. It's hard it's hard to take that on. Let's go to your handle because you are also somebody who deals with anxiety. Your entire handle is Danielle is anxious. What anxiety for you? Where where are you at with it? How much does it drive you fuel you inhibit you from, you know, being all that you are? Because I know it's, it's a very, it's both. Sometimes it can really like push you forward and sometimes it can really hold you back. So I'd love to know, like, even within kind of you in the last two years, pushing back a lot, learning about yourself, showing up as you, like I said, these comments, they come, these attacks, they come. How's your anxiety and in, in the intersection of social media?
1: hmm You know, I would say that I love giving percentages. I feel because I'm about to throw another one out yet. 85% of the time, Um, I would say 85% of the time, you know, I, I'm okay. You're right. I know the posts. I know what ones are going to cause discussion, possibly some angry DMS, maybe even some belligerence towards me, but I do the same as you. I I feel like I've put up a good boundary where if I feel like I'm not mentally in the space that I can handle that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to shelve that for today. And then maybe we'll revisit it. But I also find too, that With me, a lot of my desire to represent and provide another perspective sometimes feels like I don't have a day to wait. Um, you know, the the most recent one that I put that I put up was about bloating videos and bloating uh photos and stuff like that. And, you know, I knew I knew posting it, I was like, I know I'm going to get people that are coming in. And and, you know, what I've actually started doing is just Realizing that I don't owe anybody a response, and if someone wants to comment something, if it's belligerent, it just gets a delete and a block. Yeah. But if you know, if they want to make their piece and they want to say what they have to say, I just don't engage with it. I don't owe mm. anybody anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying, you know, Instagram, this is my home. You're coming into my home, um, and it's my home. I get to do what I want to do. But I find that my anxiety does kind of grow. That 15% of the time when I get people that attack my character, that's when it really starts to hurt. You know,
0: if they say, Oh, you're fat, I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) You don't know me as a person. They literally call everybody fat. Like even the thinnest
1: people are getting called fat. I'm like, that's 10%. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever. But when they start to attack me and my character, something happened in um, I think it was maybe March, and I think we may have DM'd about this, but I got somebody created an account that until I, until like I acknowledged it and blocked this account, they were debunking every single thing that I posted on my Instagram. All I'm trying to do with my message is just to make people feel less alone. Yes. You know, that's all I'm trying to do. And, you know, to point out that there is a difference when you're living in a thin body versus living in a a larger body. I'm not saying one is more valid than the other, or one has it worse. Like you know, I feel like there, but there is a difference and that's all I was trying to do. And, you know, this account, it got me, it really got me. That was the first time someone's done something like that. And it was so hard for me because I just couldn't understand why somebody would want to do that and take the time to do something Mm. like that. And I remember calling my mom and just like bawling my eyes out. And, you know, my husband was like, but if you have to know, if you're on here, like this stuff is going to happen. And I'm like, It shouldn't though. It it shouldn't, shouldn't, but it does. It It does, Um, yeah. So online, I find, you know, most of the time I'm really, really good, but there are those times when people start to attack your character and are blatantly misunderstanding and miswording what you're saying. That's when I really start to feel it. I've also noticed too lately that I will message somebody or be DMing with somebody and then I'll be like rethinking. I'm like, oh my God, should I have said that? Like, did that sound right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I hate that like this and like, it'll sit there and it'll bother me all yeah. day. Yeah. And then I find I have to physically talk it out with somebody. Like I commented on somebody's post this weekend and I said to my mom, because it was bothering me, I said, this is what I said. Like, this is okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, cause I don't want to hurt people's feelings yeah. and I don't want to open the door to have hatred and anger thrown my way.
0: Um, right. Yeah. No. And I, and I think there's. It's funny to me because when you share stuff, you're only sharing from your own perspective and experience. And I feel like we should all get that opportunity to have that. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to put one out there that you and I stand on two different sides of the fence of, and yet we still honor each other. The show friends, the show friends for me is like my anxiety relief and I've loved it forever. And I also have never watched it through the lens that you have, which was feeling very isolated. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, a a lot of fat shaming that exists in that show. A lot of, you know, this is a show from 20 years ago. It can be hard to see a show constantly celebrated that really hurt you. It really, it really, you know, was that for you. And then you know, it's funny because, well, we DM'd about this, but I'm just going to delicately put this. Somebody tried to create um, conflict because I we stand on different sides of the fence. And this is what I mean where like people really want, your post was beautiful. It was a reflection of your own experience with the show. Who am I to come in and say like, you know what? No, friends is the best. How could you say this? It'll be like, I've had an entirely different experience than you. Who am I to, like, that's like, that's like blanketing what high school is for people. You can go to the same school and have the same teachers and have an entirely different experience. This is just, it's just not the same all the time. And while I do feel like in the final seasons, we watch kind of Chandler deal with his fat phobia. We watch Monica go through her own fat phobia. Fears of gaining weight and all of this stuff, should they become pregnant? And they have this whole conversation. The show made strides, but not in the same way that it it could have with the damage that it did for so many people who watched, you know, somebody put on a fat suit and get made fun of for, you know, eight of the 10 seasons, what you felt was valid. And what I felt, what I feel towards the show now is also valid because we had two different experiences with the same show. And for somebody to kind of come in the middle and be like, oh, Danielle, did you write this like like, because of Sarah, like, are you going against Sarah and all the stuff? And I'm like, it's a television show. Like people will literally look for holes in things. And we love a drama. We love these things that keep happening where it's like, oh my gosh, like, is this directed at so and so? And is this, and I felt the same way about your recreation of like the thin images it's done so respectfully. And yet people still want to find the holes in it to kind of make you maybe something that you're not, which is just, I think if anybody ever comes to your page or finds it through the Explorer feed, I hope they come and stay a while because you are truly, you really give validity to two sides of things all the time. Respect for both sides, but truly showing up for a community that doesn't have the same leg up that a lot of people do when, you know, you're scrolling all of this stuff. I found like, I never really felt saddened or weird about when people would show like the bloating before and after stuff. Cause I understood like being in a thinner body, I, I have so many pictures of like when my body was bloated and I would just be like, it's just bloated. It's okay. Like, and now I'm like, just after having a baby, I feel really weird about it. I feel very different. I'm I'm now watching it through a different lens, and I'm not discrediting what those people are sharing because I know what that felt like to be bloated in a thin body and feeling really weird about it. And now I know what it's like in a slightly larger body, but just like a bigger belly and having to look at you know these bloating images and being like, I effing and wish like, are you kidding me right now? And the fact that I even wish it is its own thing. So there's just so much complexities to how we individually experience things and react to things and kind of holding space for each other within that. And you know what you and I have found so much common ground over the years even with different bodies. One of our biggest pieces of common ground is our love and desire for a McDonald's soda. <laughs> I had to talk about it. We we need to I already brought up the article about it. It is a superior soda to the rest. Absolutely. You call it crispy.
1: It's crispy. I've actually heard spicy. Someone sent me spicy, which I like. Yeah. Um, I actually was like, I need to do some research in advance of this recording so that I can like become prepared. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So here's here's what my research says: that Coca Cola aficionados maintain that Coke at McDonald's tastes better than elsewhere because they have it delivered in special stainless steel containers. Mm. They also have wider straws and they keep it at a very specific temperature.
0: I've also heard that they have a different ratio of syrup. that's a little bit stronger so that when the ice melts, it doesn't taste like a watered down soda. It keeps its greatness. This is one... And this is why I love having this conversation because soda for me was something that I had. I I used the word addicted before. I used to never drink anything but a Diet Coke from getting up to like at bedtime. And- you know, I have done my research over the years. I know that having an entire hydration diet of Diet Coke is probably not ideal, but I would like you was like, there was a good and a bad. So I just cut it out fully. And I stood on this side of like the morality around soda. I was like, no, like I'm on this side now. I never drink soda, only a bubbly water. That's all I'll have. And then when COVID hit in the pandemic started, I remember I was like, somebody had left a diet Pepsi, like how dare they, but a diet Pepsi in my um, fridge. And I remember I drank it and it just felt like comfort. And, And I found myself reaching for bowls of Cheerios, like cereal And diet sodas, and it was like these old comforts for me, and that, and I was like, wow, I haven't had permission to have this in so long, and it felt really weird. And then being pregnant, being nauseous, you like one of the things that that can. When I was sick as a kid, whenever I had the flu, my mom always gave me like soda as a way to settle my stomach. And so I got, I went back into these old comforts, and I really had to deal with like this morality that I felt around a soda, something as simple as a soda. And I just felt like, so, I don't know. It was just such a nice, it was so nice to have somebody like sharing that joy with me during that to be like, yes, soda from the drive through McDonald's is like crispy. It's delicious. It is superior and have fun with it and feel like this isn't making me a moral. I would get like the largest one possible. Don't do that at Wendy's. It's literally like, it's literally like a hydro jug of soda, but it is like a lot but yeah, I, I've i worked so hard on my, like actually drinking water and stuff now and, and trying to have that, but also allowing myself like, sometimes that just tastes really good. And it makes me feel alive. I don't know how to explain that. It's just what it is. And when I'm stressed out and I drive past that McDonald's and I get in that drive through line, I'm like doing a little happy dance about my little crispy soda that I'm about to have. And I usually DM you about it. And I'm like, look at my big soda. <laughs> I mean, you are such, a, we didn't even get into all of the discussions around, um, you also struggle with uh, being bipolar, which I feel is, I mean, hopefully we get another chance to do one because I'd love to dive into that. Bipolar is such a thing that people love to throw at somebody when they don't like their moods. And they're like, oh, they're bipolar. It's like a slang term for that. And and it's so much more complex but you are so complex. You've got so many layers to you and so much that you show up on social media for from crispy sodas to you know showing up in your body now to like dismantling your own food fears and and binge eating and I just I just adore you and I think that what you do is so important for so many in so many different types of bodies. You're one of my favorite accounts to recommend to people. Aww. Truly, truly, because I just enjoy you. Tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Danielle is anxious. And that's, you know, it. That's where I show up. That's my space. Yeah. That's where I, you know, 85% of the time, again, with the percentage, enjoy being. So
0: I think that's a really good percentage to have. You know, they always say when you're house shopping, that if it's an eight out of 10, it's a win. And sometimes I have to take that away with social media too. I'm like, you know, you know, 15 to 20% of the time it's really hard and it's really difficult, but the rest of the time it's like really great and beautiful. And I wouldn't be who I am without it. I wouldn't feel so free to, go and do the things and wear the things that I want without the women of this community that I've never even met to feel, you know, good about a drive through soda and all of this stuff. And so like the 80% wins, like it has to, because I just feel like if we're going to sit here and talk about the trolls and talk about the difficulties and all that stuff, who do I want to win? And I want the 80% to win. And I think that's why we just keep coming back and doing what we do. And, um, I can't wait to see, I, I feel like we're just like, the tip of the iceberg of you and like what's coming next. So I'm, I'm really stoked for that, but thank you so much for doing this podcast today. I'm, I'm so excited for more people to get to know you. And I think you're just a delight.
1: Oh, thank you, Sarah. Honestly, this has been the highlight of my week and I know the week has just started, but it really has. I know we've been talking without Mm -hmm. getting on a tangent for a while and, um, it's just nice to finally talk to you.
0: I know. We've tried to hang out so many times too. Like we've tried so hard to hang out and it's just it's coming for us. I believe it. But I, I just I'm really, I'm really excited for when the world opens again. And I can start, I, I just feel like, especially because we're both in Ontario, just having this community and to bring it like real life. Do you ever have like go on Instagram and you're like, damn, these people are friends. Like they get to hang out together. I wish I could hang out with these people. And it's like, we're like down the road from each other. Like we need to do it. It's, it would be so cool. But Thank you so much for coming on. And for everyone listening, I'm going to have everything about Danielle in the show notes as well. But please go check out her page. Go and check out these viral images that she's recreated and really take pause to your reactions to them. H- have a moment with yourself. Have a moment with your own thoughts and feelings. Because if if it's given me anything this year, I think it's that, just kind of showing up in my own thoughts and taking time to pay attention to them and honor and validate both your feelings and somebody else's as well. I think that's all we can really do in the experience of social media is really show up for ourselves and show up for others. So thank you so much for listening. And Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.